0: Welcome to the Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School. I'm Minister Cedric Hardin and I'll be sharing lesson ten for February the 4th, 2024. We begin a new unit today, Unit 3, entitled The Righteous Live by Faith. And our topic for today taken from the Adult Quarterly is Power Without Equal. Our devotional reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 4. Uh, Verses 9 through 22. Our background scripture is taken from uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, uh, verses 12 through 31. And we'll be studying today from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, uh, verses 12, verse 13, and also verses 25 through 31. Our key verse reads He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Let's take it from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 29 from the NIV translation. Our lesson aims today, number one, is to explore the tension between God's creative power and human trust. Secondly, to perceive the relationship between renewing our trust in God while waiting for God to act. And then thirdly, to... Uh, model trust and patience in God's timing we have two outlines today that'll be a part of our lesson the first outline is entitled God's greatness incomparable omnipotence and omniscience and then secondly God's greatness vigilant omnipresence we certainly thank and praise God for you and for uh, all of our listeners, our members of uh, of Pleasant Green, and also uh, those of you of the Body of Christ. Uh, perhaps you are affiliated with other local churches, and we thank God for uh, just for you listening in. We certainly uh, thank God for you and your families. We're certainly praying for one another that the Lord will continue to keep us uh, through this pivotal season we want to cover some ground today with this lesson uh, to go back in history if you will and take a look at the prophet Isaiah and if you have listened to me uh, over the years you uh, would have heard by now that uh, whenever a prophet appears in biblical history that the times uh, were not good. Uh, The people, God's people, the covenant people Uh, It's important for us to remember that, that these are God's covenant people uh, that uh, have strayed off course, if you will, um, have gone into disobeying the covenant principles, serving other gods uh, and the like. Uh, And so God, in his infinite wisdom, uh, would raise up prophets um, and come send them to remind the people, right, of of his promises to them and their disobedience and then outline consequences uh, for their choices that they have made to abandon him. Uh, So I want to read a little bit of this biblical context for this lesson and then we'll make uh, some key points about the book of Isaiah. Uh, It can be a very challenging book, Uh, But we will hopefully help you understand and and to point out uh, how to best go about studying this book. Uh, But our context uh, reads as follows. The book of Isaiah takes its name from its author, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied during the reign of four of Judah's kings, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Tradition states that Isaiah met his death during the reign of Hezekiah's son, Manasseh, one of the nation's most evil kings. Isaiah received and accepted the call to prophetic ministry in the year of King Uzziah's death. He prophesied for approximately 55 to 60 years, uh, watch this, uh, to a nation that consistently disobeyed the Lord. Uh, the people of Judah had foolishly turned their backs on God and alienated themselves from him thus creating the need for Isaiah's pronouncements of judgment in the hope that they uh, would repent and return to him. I thought this was very interesting um, uh, in this context here just looking at the conditions if you will of God's people their state of being Uh, They had uh, foolishly, right, turned their backs on God. Uh, And how did they do that? Right. They turned their back on God's instruction, right, against the covenant principles that God had laid out uh, for them. In other words, they decided that they would no longer obey the Lord or obey his commandments, his judgments, his ordinances, his statutes. So they, uh, they turned their backs on God, right? And then they alienated themselves from him. And I was thinking about that because we tend to do that even today. Um, uh, we'll talk about this as we go along When we become estranged from the Word of God, we alienate ourselves. Obviously, God is a spirit, but we alienate uh, 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 ourselves from his instruction. And what that does, uh, uh, it creates ignorance, right? No offense to anyone. Uh, it it, It creates unlearned challenges in our lives where the Word of God would have and could provide context and uh, a guidance for our challenges but when we are ignorant if you will or alienate ourselves from God's word you can imagine we exacerbate the consequences and the circumstances in our lives we apply earthly wisdom but no godly wisdom and, and, and that's important. so God says and God determined that it was time uh, for him to raise up this prophet Isaiah and send him, dispatch him to speak to his people. Uh, 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 and, and, and this is something that also caught my attention. And it, this happens for every preacher today. And it certainly was the case in. Uh, the prophets of, of, of Israel's day, Judah respectively. Uh, there's a lot of hope in the message that we deliver to God's people. I'm hoping now that it would be well received. I'm hoping that uh, I'm speaking to individuals who will be receptive to not what I say, but what the word of the Lord says. And so we do our uh, ministerial work in hope. Right, uh, And you will know that to be true because after traditionally, historically, after the message is preached, what do we do? We open the doors of the church, if you will, or we extend an invitation and we are hoping that somebody has heard something that God has pricked their hearts during the, the during the message, the proclamation of the word of God that had moved them to the sacrifice or the altar if you will so we do the work of God in hope and God because he allows us the benefit of making decision uh, but he knows the outcome right if we don't accept him we realize through scripture that the wages of sin it does really kill it kills spiritually and it kills physically we need to remember that so i just want to point those things uh, because we want to lay out i was glad to see this lesson uh sort of help me out if you will as we think about god's omnipotence and his omniscience uh, uh that the human mind uh, cannot fully fathom god's greatness so whatever i share with you today uh, uh i just want you to know i'm limited in explaining who God is and what uh, and uh, what He is capable of, every preacher, every human, is limited, and so I recognize that today. So we we will be uh, uh, sort of treading lightly, if you will, and and just making points about the greatness of God. But by no means is anyone the human mind capable of retention of the greatness of God and the explanation of God's word or his, or his greatness. And so I was glad that I was sort of let off the hook, if you will. Uh, but I want to get into this first outline. Uh, I hope that by now you have your Bible and you are prepared to take some notes uh, and, and let's just take a trip down memory lane, if you will, in the Old Testament and just see uh, 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 how God is speaking to his people. And I want you to appreciate the fact that God has a way through the messages that he sends, not just to speak to the people, but to speak to conditions that are reigning in our lives. God speaks to what our states of being are, right? Our character traits, our mindsets. He speaks to this, right? The word comes to deliver us, right? The the word comes to set us free, right? From the conditions that we are in, right? And so salvation is a condition, right? Sin is a condition, right? Disobedience is a condition. Right? Turning our backs on God is a condition. Alienating ourselves from God is a condition that needs to be changed through the word of God. So let's listen to Isaiah as he speaks to us through the handiwork of God. Isaiah chapter 40. This is our first outline. We're talking about uh, uh, God's omnipotence or his state of being all powerful And also his omniscience is this this state of being of all knowing, and and there is none to compare. Right? We now know that since no human is able, uh, uh, no one even collectively uh, can compare, can explain how uh, a great God is. Isaiah chapter forty verses twelve and thirteen. I want to read this from the NIV. Uh, translation. Listen to these questions, these probing questions from God through Isaiah. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in the balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Why is God asking these questions? These rhetorical questions, if you will, uh, uh, to a people? Can you imagine uh, a preacher standing before you and saying these things to you, asking you these questions? So the the, the language is, Uh, 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 the figurative language here and these probing questions God is provoking reflection right so let's move very quickly to verse 25 and verse 26 still in Isaiah uh, chapter 40 God is still talking through the prophet to whom will you compare me or who is my equal says the Holy One Verse 26, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? And who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each each of them by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So let's look at a little bit of context for this this message here. There's a span of approximately 150 years between uh, the events of Isaiah uh, chapter uh, 39 and 40. The historical time frame for Isaiah's prophecies uh, in chapters uh, 40 through 66 is the Babylonian exile and the post-exilic period. I want to pause very quickly here just to share with you a little bit about the structure of the book because um, uh, chapters 1 uh, through 39 of the book of Isaiah deal primarily with a lot of judgment judgment of of God's people Israel Judah respectively and also the nations but where we are today in chapter 40 this particular uh, uh, section of chapters here is of uh... comes from volume seven this is how the structure of the book is set up so i said earlier uh... isaiah can be a bit challenging to study uh... and so what the framers did in terms of breaking down uh... uh, so much content in the book of isaiah they broke uh... uh, the chapters down in, in different volumes volume one 2 and so on. So, where we are today in chapter 40, this is volume, this would be volume 7, uh, uh, and this is entitled The Book of Comfort. And these particular chapters are grouped together chapter 40 and verse 1 through chapter 66, verse 24. So, all of these particular chapters here, from 40 throughout, uh, deals with the comfort, uh, which means that God has sent a word uh... as we know now uh... after the babylonian exile uh... uh that god was still uh, uh, comforting his people through that ordeal uh... they had received double uh... judah had re- uh, uh, according to their iniquities they had received double punishment uh, uh... for their sins if you will so uh... they ended up uh... uh this particular judgment ran seventy years right and so uh... god doubled it god increased it uh... uh because of the peoples uh... uh... uh as we read earlier read earlier their absence of obeying god and their alienating themselves and so they this cycle of, of obeying and disobeying had run uh... its course if you will and god was tired of it and so he uh, raised up the babylonians uh, uh, to to sack his people, if you will, uh, and they they went into captivity, um, uh, and so God is speaking to these individuals post exilic period, right? Uh, and so, but again, Isaiah chapter one through thirty nine focus on God's power to defend them against the Assyrians. Um, But Isaiah's messages point forward to Jerusalem destruction and conquest of Judah by the Babylonians and the events leading up to the people's restoration to their homeland, again beginning with chapter 40. So some of Isaiah's audience uh, had lost their perspective about God's ability to deliver them as they contemplated the victories uh, of Syria, Babylon, and Persia. let me let me say this because I, and I know sometimes this language can be a bit confusing, but many times, have you ever went through a trial uh, uh, for a long time? Perhaps you may be going through one right now, and perhaps you feel like that God is not listening. God has not heard you, God has not responded. Sometimes our conditions uh, because of trials and tribulations, whether they are brought on by disobedience or not, sometimes God's answer is delayed uh, and many times we begin to give up on who God is and his promises. Why am I saying this? Because human nature is consistent. Whatever generation we're talking about. and we all have been in low places in our lives where we felt like, as we said here, uh, uh, some of the people uh, uh, and during Isaiah's message or preaching uh, had lost their perspective of God's ability to deliver them. right? And many times when we are preaching to people present day, we don't know their circumstances, right? You can imagine, Uh, An audience filled with people that have multiple various conditions in their lives. And the message, some people are hanging on by literal thread, if you will. Uh, uh, And there are times in in my life that I have thrown in the towel, right? Uh, uh, My faith has been tested and challenged. And sometimes uh, 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 it causes us in our human weakness to somehow uh, uh, consider that maybe God is not able to do this or maybe God is not going to do this. Maybe God is not going to deliver me as I thought he would. I've been praying about this thing and I've been calling on the Lord. It doesn't seem to go anywhere. So you can imagine. These individuals going through 70 years of captivity. Generations have come and gone uh, because of their disobedience. So some of their audience, some of the audience here, right, had lost their perspective. So let's not uh, 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 treat Judah too harshly in our uh, uh, estimation of them. They're human beings. They were human beings that were being tried. And we are human beings, we're Christians, but I don't know anyone that's a super Christian, that's not affected at all. I don't know anyone like that, I'm certainly not. And I don't want to come across that I am, and that's why I'm sharing with you that I can relate to the conditions that these individuals. But thank God that God sends a word, and you know that they were in a low place because of the language that God uses in uh, uh, to t- treat, if you will, the condition that His people are in, He starts talking about who measured out the waters, right? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? So these type of 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 of, of questions that are probing. God's people is helping them to move their perspective back up on him and because of his greatness so the Lord has said don't compare me to anybody who will you compare me with right or who is my equal that you think that I can't do this God has no equals so God is pushing the condition and the focus of his people back toward him Right? This is the way that it, you, you can see how God is reasoning with his people to not give up on him. To continue to trust him no matter what the circumstances are. These people still had to be restored. That was part of uh, 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 when the judgment came that they would go into captivity for 70 years. God says after that. After that. So there was a future after that. And that's why we were talking about uh, uh, the restoration of God's people. They are going to be and they would be restored. This is a temporary thing. Right? I hope you're getting this. What we're going through is a temporary thing. A light affliction, if you will. But God, we have to continue to keep... Uh, 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 our focus and our perspective on him. I needed this lesson today, right? I needed to be reminded about the greatness of God. You need to be reminded about the greatness of God, right? So we don't, we don't want to. Uh, and I'm not minimizing uh, what you and I may be going through. But we don't want to say to a trial that the trial is bigger than our God. And that's the point that God is reaching out to his people to help them understand. Then in verse 26, look what he says here. He doesn't say look down. He says, lift up your eyes. Right. And look to the heavens. You can do this now. You can go outside and look look up in the sky you can look up in the elements you can look to the heavens and see how great God is and God gives some specifics here he said who created all these who put this together I did and it's still there and God goes and gives evidence here he says he who brings the starry hosts, one by one and calls forth each of them by name. I wish we had time to spend on this church. Because if you think about the stars. All of the stars. All the millions of stars. Above our head. In the heavens. God named each one of them. That's, that's just. That just. You know. That just boggles the mind. That God. Why would God. Give the stars names. Right. He calls forth each of them by name. God is telling Judah this. In a pivotal time in their life. Look at the stars. I named them. I call them forth. Right? You can, you can hear me trying to explain the greatness of God. And you can also hear me falling miserably short. But I'm trying to point you in a direction. That because of his great power and mighty strength. Look at this. Not one of them is missing. There are no stars out of place. There is no star mixed up with another star. So for if God were to call uh, 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 a one star two would come. It's not like that. God knows each one of them. So if he has done this with the stars and we are the crown of his creation while I'm saying that the Spirit of the Lord is shouting out uh, Psalm 8. Read that at your leisure. So this is the language because the people they are not lost. God knows where they're in captivity. God knows that they will be restored but God is looking to Deeper into the circumstances. Remember, I said earlier, God speaks to conditions. So, God is speaking to the perspective that we have about Him. Sometimes our perspective about our deliverance is wrong, right? Our perspective about uh, uh, God sometimes is off, right? It's a little disjointed if you will. But God is putting it in perspective here. And I can imagine if if these folk were listening. They would come away encouraged about their circumstances. I, I, I I hope I'm helping somebody today. Just by understanding and reflecting on to the best of our ability mind you. Of who God is and his greatness over all above all through all in all he is sovereign so God is not and, and this is important here and we'll move on we have to look up if we want to get up we want to get beyond you know sometimes you know there, there are some things that I do as disciplines. Because the lesson brings that out. Sometimes I just go outside and I'll just look to the, to the heavens. And I let my eyes as much as they can hold. See how great. Your eyes. My eyes. Cannot behold all the greatness of God. You can see what's above you and, and perhaps some distance. But you can't see the world in a glance. None of us can. We can't see other nations. Right? With our physical eyes. We can't see how great God is. And we are staring at his greatness. But yet. We can't see it all. We are limited. Our eyes can only behold. But God challenges them to look up. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. If you want to be encouraged today, look up to the heavens. Listen to, uh, listen to the wind blowing. Look at the trees bowing to the power of God. Listen to the birds, the creations, right? Take your focus off of what you may be going through and think about how great God is above what you're going through. That's what Isaiah is getting at. So, no one in the world is God's equal. He knows and controls everything about His creation and has named every star. Among the multiple millions that he created watch this God knew where Israel was right not just physically but spiritually he had infinite knowledge of their situation and knew when he would fulfill his promises God knows when he gonna bring you out God knows when he's going to give you relief for your tears, for your pain, for your suffering. I need this lesson today, church. I don't know about you. But he knows everything, right? Isaiah's message is relevant to us, is relevant to us during these adverse and unsettling times things that are going on in the world they tend to get in our spirit and throw us off a of balance out of balance we listen sometimes to too much news too much television googling all of these things that are going on and if you're not careful it'll get deep in your spirit and it'll throw your faith balance off And you will think that men, noteworthy men, can somehow, some way, forecast all of God's dealings. These same individuals cannot even direct their own lives. Have no clue if the Lord is going to wake them up. But they forecast unsettling things, right? It, it goes on to say God knows where we are. He knows everything about us, even the number of our hairs on our heads. Psalm 139 and Luke 12:7. Therefore watch this, it is our responsibility to meditate on His infinite knowledge, trust His power and faithfulness to His promises, right? And acknowledge His unequal greatness. Now, that's what we have to do. We have to take responsibility through meditation. We don't talk a lot about that. Maybe perhaps one day we will dig a little bit deeper in what it means to meditate and the benefit, right, of just what we think about. Right. What, what are we thinking about that's helping us or not helping us? So, again, how does God's omniscience assure And challenge your relationship with him. And I believe we have pointed that out. So let's move along. I I, I had to stay a little longer in that. But by no means have I uh, uncovered all of God's greatness in this first outline. Our second outline is entitled God's Greatness, Vigilant Omnipresence. This is taken from Isaiah chapter uh, 40 verses 27 through 31 and now we now that we know the circumstances because we have quoted this passage many times uh, perhaps are not digging into the context of what we're quoting but Isaiah will do that for us today uh, and I want to read this from the NIV translation God is still talking here through the prophet verse 27 the Bible says why do you complain Jacob Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. We've said that. Right. We have had this same mindset about what God is going to do, when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it based on our own interpretation. And then when it doesn't happen, we complain. So this is what human humanness will uh, 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 engage in. So uh, this is what they were doing. Verse 28. God is still speaking to the conditions of his people. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. So let's not assume that God's tired. Right? And He's fixing other people's problems. So he can't fix mine. He's weary. He's not going to be uh, uh, able to endure. Right? We have a lot of uh, 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 mindsets, if you will. If we, if we don't check that mindset with the word of God, it'll go as far as your imagination and beyond. We just keep magnifying things based on our own perception. And many times it's not guided by the word of God. And so we get off. We throw ourselves off. By thinking too much. Speaking too much. About our situation. And not having enough information. To make an informed decision. And our statement. It happens right. We don't need to be offended. but, But we need to. Uh, there is scripture what I love about the word of God it can fit whatever and it will and it does fit our mindsets God is listen this is not God's first rodeo if you will he's seen everything from the beginning to the end he knows all about it what we're doing and how we are reacting and how we uh, are, are speaking and thinking been done before these are covenant people mind you God's people can you imagine And we give up on him in our weakness our circumstances cause us to you know hold our heads down I thank God that we still have fellowship with the saints what would we be if we didn't have the encouragement of one another? Where would we be without the preacher laboring with us Sunday in, Sunday out, Bible study, a Bible class? Somebody's pouring into you so you won't throw in the towel. Isaiah's is not the only prophet, right? We have major and we have minor prophets. He's not the only one addressing the issue of God's people. Multiple people have. On multiple occasions because God in his faithfulness to the covenant. He has to respond to the condition. And many times we dismiss the preacher but he's God's representative. He has been sent. To do a particular work. To keep us from being discouraged. We are God's people. Why do we complain? Why do we become discouraged? We say we know the Lord. We've been saved X amount of years. What's the problem? The problem is life. The issue is circumstances. And sometimes when God delays... It's a test. We know he's faithful. But what about us? Do we have to be faithful? Does that matter? Yes. We're being made into what God would have us to be. I believe the prophet Jeremiah. uh, God spoke to him and through him and said. I God test the mind and the heart. Right. Right. Verse 29, he gives strength, God does, to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths, verse 30, grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But this is the one we quote, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. All right. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We're back to this word hope again. Right? Confident expectation. Those that wait for the Lord. How do we wait on God? We wait on God in faith. That's exactly what the lesson topic is. Right, Or the unit. Unit 3. The righteous live by faith. So we don't wait for God. Right? Apart from faith. Faith causes us to hope and wait for him. Right? What you believe. What I believe. And this is important because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you can see, because the word here uh, 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 brings out, we've seen it twice about this hope here. And so the people, by definition, were in a state of hopelessness. That is a horrible state. When you... Uh, uh, have concluded that nothing good is going to come out of your life and your circumstance. But here is something here. Those who hope. It's personal and it's corporate. So though Isaiah is speaking to God's people, they still have to make a choice. They still have to make a decision. I mean, you and I go to church, we sit under the gospel. But who makes us believe it? Right? Nobody can make you believe it. That's something you have to do. The preacher, whoever he or she is, they cannot make you believe it. We lay it out in in, in detail by detail but we cannot force you to hear it. we don't know who's listening to us we're preaching in hope remember but those who hope in the Lord so you have and I have a choice to make and I would just say this let your choice, Let my choices be founded in what God has said. Right? I can't hope in me. I need something. I'm not able to do it. I'm limited. Right? But I have to hope in the greatness of God. Period. That's what Isaiah is saying to these individuals. Listen. Can you imagine? Hey, I've given you this. But it's on you, right? It's on you to hope in the Lord. You have information. I'm giving you information even right now as I speak. So you and I have choices to make if we're going to hope in the Lord. But it's relevant that we know what he says so we can know what to hope in. Please do not alienate yourself from the word of God. You need the word of God to sustain you. I need it to sustain me. And it generates hope in the Lord. Just by reading it, it produces faith. And absent of the word of God, there is no faith. They come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. so if you estrange your hearing from the Word of God, you are going to wind up hopeless. And if you're not careful, you will sink into a state of hopelessness. That's where these folks are. God's covenant people, all the promises that they have have had, their circumstances have wiped it all away. and not just that, they made some decisions. We don't need God no more. Right? I heard that already. Don't we do that? If we hear a passage of scripture from the preacher. We we, you know sometimes we we don't want to hear it anymore. I already know all that. But God sent it again. Perhaps you do. Perhaps you don't. it, It may not be relevant that moment. But maybe God is saying, I see something on the horizon that I'm sending this word. You're going to need it tomorrow. Right? You're going to need it two weeks from now. You're going to need it for the next 70 years. How would that be? That, they, that these individuals had to believe God for 70 years. That would be no deliverance. There was nowhere to, no way to pray out of this. This was an indictment, an indictment that, that God had rendered because of the people's disobedience. They were going to go through this thing. But God says, after the 70 years, I'll bring you back to this land. And you can have a do-over, if you will. Saints, I hope you're being encouraged by this. A couple of more points and then we'll be through. But Isaiah continues to remind the people these three things for the trial. The omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent God of the universe was well aware, right? Well aware of and concerned about their adverse circumstances yet in their weariness the remnant complained that God had lost sight of them and that their prayers for justice were unheard and unanswered that's what they were saying about God so if they if this is is hard harsh but if the people are in this state Where is the hope? There is none. Thank God for the prophet. But those who look to God for their every need, waiting by faith, will experience an exchange of weakness uh, to renewal for the power he makes available. Right? Again, uh, Isaiah is employing figurative language. He concludes with this encouraging message. With three results of confidently waiting on God's deliverance. First, those choosing to wait will like the eagle relying on the wind's currents to soar. Conserve their strength by allowing him, God, to direct their path. Right? Second. They will be able to maintain their faith as they daily walk with him. right? And then finally, exclusively trusting him will enable those who wait to endure and persevere without becoming weary uh, like an unconditional runner. These words of encouragement were given not to discourage uh, the remnant of Israel, but can be applied to every believer right? present day these timeless truths challenge us to rely on God's unequal power by faith instead of our strength when confronted with adversity and unexpected challenges so we thank God listen I want to share something with you You and I must know our limits, right? And I'm going to say something that probably will sound a bit strange. It's all right to give up on yourself, if you will, and what you are capable of doing. But we must never give up on God. Not telling you to doubt self-worth. I'm just telling you, And and I'm sharing this with you so you can understand that we are limited people. That's the point. Right. We know that we are limited. Right. But God has no limits. And just because we are limited doesn't mean that God is limited. And that's why Isaiah is coming to tell these individuals here. Hey. God has created dependency. Right? That's where we are. And there are some things that you and I are not going to be able to do. We could not save ourselves, right? We had to depend on God to save us. And that same principle applies across the board to whatever we may be going through. And just because we can't bring ourselves out, if you will, or deliver ourselves, right? We serve a God that is able, that is concerned, and that can. And that he will do everything that he said he would do. What's a promise without a fulfillment? All right. And we have multiple times where God has fulfilled promises in our very lives. The fact that you're saved is a fulfillment of a promise that God made, that he spoke, that he came to to seek and to save that which was lost. And he did that. Now we have to move on to trusting him to do other things in our lives. Let's pray. Father God we thank you for this lesson today. That it opened our eyes. That we can see uh, the human frailty. And God what is consistent about human nature. It is because it's set up that way. That you are God. And we are the people. You are the creator. And we are the creation. And we just cannot do what you are able to do. We cannot fathom who you are. Even your power. But I pray for each and every one today that this lesson blesses us. That you have not changed. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And everything that you said you would do, you will do to the smallest detail. I pray for the encouragement of your people today, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the encouragement of myself That in our human weaknesses that you would strengthen our perspectives of you. Strengthen our understanding of you. In the name of Jesus, help us to to see you for who you are. In the name of Jesus, that you are faithful, that you are loving and kind. In the name of Jesus, we pray God for the hopelessness that uh, uh, sort of hovers over your people today as though you cannot deliver. We rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus that causes us to hold our heads down when we should hold them up, looking to the hills from whence cometh our help. For all of our help come from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. God, we bless your name today. We thank you for who you are. Help us to realize it through the, the faithful uh, and diligent study of your word in the name of Jesus. Help your uh, uh, guide us, God, that the word would be effective in our lives, that it would stand up even in the face of trial, and that the word of God would be be present in our circumstances, even in memory, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for who you are today. I pray for each and every one that they might be strengthened, their families might be strengthened, and that you would save more. Bring them into the hope and the promises of a loving Savior. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints. Just know that I love you. I'm praying for you, praying with you. Please say a prayer for me. And until such time that the Lord will permit us to come together again, we say God bless you.